And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Well, you know, we had to take a break from the series because our series of how to start a tech company was interrupted with you selling a tech company. So welcome back to the show. You know, I can't believe we exited this new company at like part 12. I know. You too. I know. I know. And that's usually how it goes, right? <laughs> no. Start the company and then three, mo- three months later, you sell it, right? No, more like years later. For those of you listening that want to know what the hell we're talking about, you can go back and listen to the episodes. There's an acquisition announcement, which is you and I talking about Stackify being acquired by what Huntington Beach-based Netrio. And then another yep. one right after that, which is you, I, and Jazz Young, your new boss. That's right. Yep. I have a job now. I can't believe you got a job in the middle of our How to Start a Tech Company series. Yeah, that's right. So, well, speaking of which, you know, today's episode of the show is brought to you by Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits platform built for small businesses. Gusto automatically files your payroll taxes and directly deposits your team pay. Plus, you can get all kinds of benefits, 401k, health insurance, workman's comp, because you're a Startup Hustle listener, you get three free months once you run your first payroll. Go to gusto.com forward slash Startup Hustle. Link in the show notes. All right. So, Matt, once again, congrats. But let's get back to business, brother. Here we are in part 13. We're talking about how to start a tech company. Uh, today's topic is one of those is like one of those things in a tech company that you might describe as boring. But it's, uh, I think if, it, I think it has everything to do with whether or not you're going to be successful in this day. Absolutely, it does. It's success or failure hinges on how well you onboard new clients. It's everything. How, how, how much do you think people ignore this? A lot, and 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 it. Of course, we should start with how you onboard a client is totally different based on the type of product you're selling, right? And true. Take sure. Gigabook. Take Gigabook as an example. Somebody signs up and it's twenty bucks a month or something like that. You don't exactly have time to talk to them and walk them through the process, right? So the software's got to work and hold their hand, and it's all got to be like super automated. But let's say Full Scale signs up a new client. Like you're going to talk to them on the phone. It's more you know consultative, and you know you're holding their hand or whatever. So point is, it really depends on if it's more of an enterprise sale. We are talking a lot with a customer, you're doing demos to them, you're doing a POC, you know, versus like somebody went to your website and clicked a button or downloaded your app and you're just expect them to buy. Like depending on the type of app and, and process you've got, how you do onboarding is very different, but it's got to be very smooth. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, looking back, it was five years ago when I created a process at Gigabook that we called Smart Start. And it was for all the reasons that you just mentioned, because at $15 a month, it was eight bucks a month at that point, and uh, now 15. But if you, you know, we, we were spending a lot of time getting people set up. And anytime you have, you know, people want to go into trying something uh, by actually trying it, not by spending an hour and a half learning where buttons are, where settings are. And then when you have a product, like in Gigabook's case, it, it's, it's built to be customizable, which is a huge strength and a huge weakness at the same time. Because yeah. the more something it can be customized, the more bells, whistles, switches, settings, labels, all of it. So we had to figure out, you know, and as the, as the platform grew, the number one thing that would come into my head, I was like, well, what would happen? So we would sign up like five to 10 accounts a day. And then we had someone that was spending their whole day pretty much talking to people and helping them get set up. And I couldn't help. I'm like, so if we sign up a hundred people a day, then I'm going to have to have 10 people doing this. And when you start doing the math on it, you never get out in front of that cost, which means your business isn't scalable. So now five years ago, onboarding and the, the push and the press and the importance of it maybe wasn't as pronounced. Like a lot of software products, you sign up and you just go into this blank dashboard. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, and you don't know what to do like that. Was like, what Stackify do I do with this like thing? That? Is, that, um, is that how Stackify was years ago? Well, so let's use Stackify as a, as a good example of this, right? Like our goal all along was to make the product easy to sign up for, free trial, you can install it and get started. But we need them to do stuff, right? It, just because they started the, the trial, we actually need them to download some software and install it on another computer somewhere. And let's that's be even, honest. That's even harder. That's even only, harder. I mean, only about a third of people are actually going to do it. So for those of you who are listening, it ain't going to be everybody. I mean, you you think about a funnel, right? You get people at the top of the funnel and only a certain number of them are going to take the next step, right? So what you have to do is is reduce the amount of friction to get them to the next step. And you got and you got to very carefully point them to the step you want them to go, right? So at with Stackify, when they signed up, we didn't just dump them in our software and be like, hey, here's 100 dashboards that have no data in it. Good luck. Nope. They went to a page that said, next step, download. And you couldn't go anywhere else. You had to download, right? Like you've got to control what they're doing because ultimately all this comes down to you've got to get the customer to an aha moment. It doesn't matter what kind of service or product you're offering. You got to get them as fast as possible to that moment where they, they try it out and they're like, aha, this is pretty cool. I can see why I need to invest more time in it. And you want to eliminate as much distraction as possible to get them exactly to that point. Yeah, so I, I remember in before building that process in Gigabook, we were somewhat terrified that, you know, oh man, because, you know, you you wanted to, at the, at the time, the school of thought was, you know, you get people in the platform as quickly as possible. Just get them in. So you're asking the minimum amount of stuff. And yeah. we had kind of, we had like a setup checklist in the dashboard and we realized no one was really using it. So we went ahead and created this process and then, and at the very first version, it had an escape button. Like you could skip the onboarding and go like, go just go straight to the dashboard. And we watched that carefully. Uh, 
for three months before removing that option because we learned very quickly that zero percent of people that skipped the onboarding or the setup that that initial setup process converted to users there you like go paying users zero literally zero percent no one yep. made it out alive and and it was for that reason. It was because, you know, you get into a dashboard and now all of a sudden you'd have to go to 10 different things. So in order to create effective dash, uh, uh, setup and uh, the reason we call it smart start is we call it, it's intelligent onboarding. So like, and we'll just, we can just use a practical example. So Gigabook takes appointments for groups, for services or for things, and they all have different needs yeah different right setup. so like if you take a, if you're going to take a booking for something that has multiple attendees then that's a different approach yep. than a phone call and that and a phone call and a group are different than a than like a room there's yep. just different questions so that's where we first started and said what do you want to do and then whatever the user picked we would add or subtract the following steps that went with it um, yeah, I think it is important with onboarding though, is you can't make it ridiculously long. So yeah. that's the, that's the balancing act. It has to, and, and that was kind of tough. So yeah, it took, and then, and another thing too, that it, it, for those of you considering how to set this up is I, and I've used this example a lot. So, and the, the zip code is, is a beautiful example. Cause it's the last, it's the last box on a form for a business's address or anything now. So we're used to entering it last, which becomes the logical thing to ask last. If you ask someone their zip code first, you can fit, you can make a half a dozen other assumptions, you know, mm -hmm. their state, you know, their city, you know, their time zone, you know, their currency, you know, a whole lot of different stuff and yep. you can therefore fill out other things too. So when you're building your onboarding, always consider that. And that's why we, we say it's smart because it'll just fill in a whole bunch of other stuff because 99% of the time, those assumptions are fair. Yeah, you know? and, and just make it easy for them to change it if not, but fill, fill stuff out and automate it when and where possible. Well, and then you have solutions like Clearbit and this, they don't sponsor us or anything, but we, we've used their product before. Where, for example, maybe the first thing you ask is the email address and you put in deco at fullscale.io and you ping Clearbit and Clearbit immediately says, okay, he is the CEO at Fullscale. Fullscale is at this address. They're in this industry. Ba, 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 ba. Knows everything about you, all from your email address. Right. I mean, so that's I've never too. even heard of that. Is that, is that, is that a plugin or a platform that exists for that very reason? Yep. That's what it's for. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So that was, and then, and then there are other things too. Now, when it comes to building software, my, uh, from a product manager or owner standpoint, I have rule one, which, and rule one is, is answering the question, is this annoying? If the answer is yes, or even maybe you haven't done a good job. So that's another thing too, when you're bringing people on, I'll give you an example. It's like, okay, so the business is open from 10 to six. And if you have to, every single person that you enter along the way, you have to stop and enter 10 to six for the, for the, you know, the hours or whatever, by the time you get five people on that platform, they, that, that's 25 different actions yeah. that someone has to do. And, you know, there's just a, a whole variety of different things. And then other stuff that, uh, so we built our onboarding platform and then a lot of times onboarding is there and then it's not, you know, like you walk through it and then you never see it again. 
the right. problem with something that sets up settings is you've now you've now set the client or the user's expectations on being able to control those from that environment. Mm-hmm. So you got to make some decisions about whether or not you're going to let people go back to your onboarding. Now, one of the biggest problems we had at Gigabook is then we then had two different places in the platform that could control settings. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that that was a problem because if you turn the dial on in another spot and then you go back to the onboarding mm-hmm. later, it needs to be on or off. And we kind of narrowed that down along the way. And then there were certain spots where you would have a setting in the onboarding, and there were more details. We didn't want to give like ten different rows or options. So that's yeah, all like, stuff that you've got to get through. But yeah, that's like Windows ten these days. There's like the new settings for Windows, and then there's the old control panel, and some of them all overlap. And who the hell knows what does what? But I, I think one of the key things you have to remember, depending on the type of product that you're selling is sometimes people are very casually and very quickly checking out what you do, right? Like I have 30 minutes between meetings. I've been thinking about finding some kind of solution to solve problem X. I do a quick Google search. I check out the website. It looks kind of cool. I've got a few minutes left. I'm going to sign up for a trial. I'm play with it for a few minutes. You got like five minutes and then I'm on to my next meeting and then it's the weekend and I totally forgot you exist, right? And there are a lot of people that go through this sort of scenario, right? They sign up for different tools, they get an email, they see an ad, whatever it is, and you've got just like a few minutes of time. And this is also why it's important to have good onboarding for follow-up, right? Like they didn't complete the process. How do you follow up with them and get them to finish the process if they didn't do it via that first few minutes? And maybe they don't even know why they signed up for your tool. They may not even remember. They may not even remember what it is that you do exactly. So you got to, in your emails and stuff like that, remind them of the value proposition of why they're even signing up for this thing and why they need to take the next step and why, you know, how you can help. Offer them to help, right? Can we schedule a call tomorrow? I'll walk you through it, right? Depending on what you're offering. But the thing is, you got to remember, people have just like a few minutes and, and they're like jumping through a million things. Like I spent all damn week this week dealing with the acquisition. I had like 45 minutes today on my own and a block where I didn't have something to do. And I had to decide to eat lunch or poop or check email. And, and I was just busy as What'd shit. You I, What'd you go? What did you go with? All three. And nice. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, people are busy. That's the point, right? Like, so when they're trying your product, like you got to get up, show them some value quickly. And a lot of them, might come back later, but you got to be able to convince them to get them back once you lose them because they get distracted. So one of the things you were, you mentioned at the top of the show was different types of businesses, products, and, and platforms have different onboarding needs. Totally and we different. Compared full, and we compared full scale because it, you know, I'm just a huge advocate of all, all things onboarding at this point, but at full scale, we, we build our own management platform that operates that has different environments, one for management, another for clients, and another one for employees. And they all have different onboarding processes, but we created our own onboarding for all uh, applicants that apply. Yep. Um, the same with the whole process of like their interviews and recording all that information and centralizing it. 
Um, and that way, when we do decide to hire someone, we're now just a couple clicks of a button away from creating an employee profile form that we can share for other people and, and tied yep. it all together. But one of the big things is we, we require all of our clients to fill out what legit takes two minutes to fill yep. out. And it's a basic client onboarding form. It's so we can give them access to that platform. But the main thing is, is to gain a better understanding of the user's needs. Mm -hmm. So questions like, who, which of the following do you have on your team right now? A lead developer, a project manager, a product owner, all three, you know, or, or multiples. Uh, we ask other questions too, like at full scale, it's, uh, we're curious if you've worked with offshore teams before. And if so, where were they at? Why? Because there are certain uh, there are certain experiences that people have had with offshore teams from some locations that I usually find haven't been pleasant for them. And, and if they say that that if they're inquiring about our services and they click that box, then I understand that they're coming and talking to us not because they were happy with what they had before; they'd still be using it. And I then know most likely what the complaints and the problems are usually centric around communication and timing. And so and some of what you're it, describing is like really almost lead qualification, right? It's when you're it getting is, that data it entry, it's, it's kind of lead it qualification. Is. So you know, you know how to follow up with them. Well, it is. And it's also, um, it's also leading to a scoring system yeah. that we're creating. Now we use that. So uh, onboarding's all around us now. And one of the, one of the platforms that I just absolutely love, and we put in the full scale blog first. So for those of you that, that haven't checked it out before, go to fullscale.io and look at our blog. Cause we've published about 400 articles at this point and get, Oh, I don't know, about 35,000 unique visitors a month to the site. And that blog is a huge form of lead gen for us. Um, and we use Typeform. And Typeform is uh, is a plugin. It's like 50 bucks a month and you can build little widgets. And it it does an onboarding for you. It's kind of an enhanced contact form. Mm -hmm. And you can build it and set it up and do different steps. And you can put all kinds of clever things into it all the way from file uploads to attaching images and a whole bunch of other stuff. And because it keeps it moving. Now, when it comes to onboarding and forms and stuff like that, I don't like them. Do you ever open up a big page and you're like, yep, not doing that. I'm out. Yeah. It's like when they send you yeah. a survey, we're like, please answer this three minute survey. And then you open it up and you're and, like, no. Nope. And it's like, it's like, and it might only be like 10 questions long now. So one of the tricks with this is don't present that all on one page. Cause it's overwhelming to the yeah. eyes, to the brain whatever. So you one or two things, a couple things like in Gigabook, I mentioned here, we ask you six questions and you say yes or no. And that determines the next one. So like, no matter what, no, no matter who you are, everyone has an account user. We already got your name and your email when you signed up and we assume that's you. Is this you? Yes. Do you provide these services? Click, click, click. Yeah. Are you the only, and then we ask, are you the only employee or user in the account? That was one of the first questions. If you said no, we know we got to ask you about more people. If you said yeah. yes, then we're on to the next thing. And so, but the thing is, is if the page is too long, if the questions are too long, it confuses the person. And you also, it's like you said, a lot of these people are only, they have five minutes and they're like, eh. So now when it out. comes to a lot, 
that when it comes to some of this stuff, now Twitter is known for the world's shortest onboarding because it's like a name. I mean, it was like just much like a tweet. Uh, you know, they uh, platforms like that, they just want your name and your email and boom, yep. you're in. And there's not a whole lot to do in there. You Sure, you can put your picture in, you can put your location, you can write a bio and you can do some stuff like that. But yeah, I, I mean, I think when it comes to, to growing and scaling your business, you're not going to get too far down the road, especially with modern tech, if you don't have great onboarding. So speaking of growing and scaling your company, taking care of employees has never been more important. And for years, Gusto has been helping more than 100,000 small business owners run payroll, offer benefits, onboard new employees, and more. It's kind of interesting. They have onboarding in there, huh? Uh, they call it the people platform, and it doesn't just look nice. It works. Get your payroll taxes filed, deductions calculated. Your team gets paid. They even offer health, insurance, and 401ks. Three months free on your first payroll when you go to gusto.com forward slash start a puzzle. There's a link in the show notes. But once again, gusto.com forward slash start a puzzle. And they by have- the way, make sure you put the forward slash start a puzzle on there so they keep paying us. They have 100,000 yeah. customers. Crazy, right? I bet they must, you know why. They must know, you know what they're why? doing. They have they have good onboarding. They must know what they're doing and have good onboarding. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so okay, I, I got a couple other examples for you. So take Netrio as an example, which is the company that acquired StockFi, and their average customer pays like tens of thousands of dollars a year, or even hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And when you sign up for it you get professional services that help you install it and they walk you through it and kind of babysit it for the first month or so. That's totally different. Right. And, and that was my point earlier. It depends on what you're selling and the more, the more money you charge for something, the more you can afford to provide that level of support as well. And probably the more complex it is. And you're dealing with an enterprise client that expects that level of service. Right. And so Netrio's onboarding process is not very good. You know, it's and not, it, it's that, not super but, streamlined, but okay. right? But it's Just, okay. It, but it, and it can, and because the ends justify the means in yeah. the fact in full scale is the same way. So like, I mean, we don't have clients that spend less than five grand a month. Yeah. And and so the thing is, is I can afford to have Cooper, our sales guy, or even myself, and, we, and we're highly consultative. Now, that, yeah. now, here's the thing is, we get, oh, three to five leads a day, um, you know, and, and that's not insane for us to keep up with. But, but it's trending in a way that we're having to look at. And that's why I said that's why we're developing a, a, a scoring system. And, you know, so some of those things, some of those questions are like, well, I'll give you an example. We d- won't sign you up for a client if you don't have a lead, a local lead developer, a project manager or a troop or like a product owner with some experience. And so an example would be if you don't have any of those, you're going to that's going to deprecate that score to a pretty low number. And yeah. other things too, is like, because of the volatility. Uh, so we're very particular with the quote day one startups that we bring in. Cause those are the most volatile inexperienced, under-resourced clients that you can find. And then they don't and pay the bill. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. And that's, that's another thing too. So those scoring factors can go in now as we scale and grow and like, so we have 200 employees at full scale. 
uh, that we we will have that that have started before June, which is our third birthday, and we're trending to eighteen months from now. So we right now we add about ten to fifteen new people, uh, new employees a month. Now that's a lot. That's a lot. That's one hundred and twenty to one hundred and eighty new people a year. Yep. So therefore, onboarding is critical for our employee process yep, too. Yep. Yep. We, we had 250 people apply for jobs at full scale just in our Cebu branch in March. So that's another thing too. It's yeah. like, so we've built that onboarding to actually, it does some scoring of candidates, scoring, sorting, keeping up with. And one of the things that's, that is important and depending on what your platform does is you need to put your, you can put the burden of data entry on, on the customer, on the client and the user. Mm -hmm. So, and, and we can talk about this because normally we don't talk too much about our clients. Let's talk about urban necessities for a minute. So that's one of our clients. It's a, a sneaker resale operation out of Vegas. Awesome company. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, store, uh, does lots of cool stuff, but I had to, I invented and built their whole system for them over the last five they're, years. And they're a great example and, of this actually. Because the, they weren't doing on, they didn't have a, a their own proprietary system, and that industry is not so large and sophisticated that there was a plug-in or anything to do it. So we had to build it from scratch. But people were showing up to sell their shoes, and they would have to fill out a piece of paper, and that worked when they were doing like twenty-five thousand dollars a month in volume. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were doing a hundred thousand, and then they were doing a million a month, and it broke everything. And it just because they weren't scalable. So we had to go in and, and the, the thing was, is the users wanted, so they would, these lines would form of people waiting to sell their stuff. And I was sitting there watching people waiting forever. I was like, I'd never wait in this line. I wouldn't. And so we created a system that let people enter all their stuff into the system before they got there. It printed out a sheet of paper. And then it was just simply up to the person at the counter to, to check them in, boom, 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 boom. And then the label printer fired off and they labeled them and everything went, you know, went in. And that line was never a thing again at the store. And people immediately were up, coming up to the counter and they're saying, thank you for building this. Yep. Thank you for building this. And thank you for making it easy for me to do business for you. And the thing was, is they had been paying someone to enter that shit by hand amongst yep. doing other things. So yep. the efficiency for the business right there, coupled with the fact that more people were selling stuff was a huge win because they could take that person and get them busy doing something else. Because the business and couldn't scale. It couldn't it at couldn't all. It, was, it wasn't even close. And, and Matt, yeah. it got it got bad too, because you know, with that stuff, and and they that's a, a product that's things sales that are driven by hype. Yep. And no one wants to wait two weeks to buy the shit that was super popular two weeks ago. Yep. And the sellers don't want to wait to sell it because the prices are usually down. The market's saturated, the demand's lower, and it's about doing it quickly. Now, I learned the importance of that because I, well, much like yourself, spent time working in the event ticket business. And I understand the, the importance of getting your shit for sale as quickly as possible. Yep. And, uh, and that was, that was a big thing. So onboarding is not always about, it can be about items and things you sell, like all of that as a process. It's like, how yeah. do how do you, how do you induct anything 
into what you're doing. That could be products you sell. And like, and that's the thing is any, like a business like Urban Necessities is, is a massive, it's a basically a giant consignment store. So if it's hard to sell and people don't want to sell, <clears throat> they're not going to do it. I mean, I think eBay is a perfect example of, of an early marketplace that pegged the, the onboarding of the inducting your product into their yeah. platform. And not every item was the same. Nope. So like if you wanted to sell a, a, a used iPod, that was way different than selling a shirt. Or a money gun, which I still regret not being able to find. Well, and so, <sighs> I mean, part of what you're talking about here is it's one thing to get the customer signed up, but then you have issues of supporting them or, you know, ramping up other parts of the business, right, that, that are important. And and actually, Netrio is a good example of this. So I mentioned it's an enterprise sale. They're used to more of a high touch process, which is fine. But all of a sudden, their business is booming because of the SolarWinds hack. And so they compete with SolarWinds, which was involved in this big IT security hack. And so business is booming. And the issue they're having now is support. It's like, okay, we sign people up, but supporting them is a challenge because we're signing up so many more clients that they need help getting installed. And then we find out it's like, well, we need to improve how we do docs and, and fix little bugs in the software. And it's like now all of a sudden we're trying to figure out like basically how do we get like 1% better every day? So over the course of time, we need less support people. We have happier customers. They're more self-sufficient because it just isn't going to scale this way. We're going to have to hire so many people to answer all these common questions over and over again, all these common problems that we got to make things more self, self-service, self right? And you know, it's, it's not necessarily an issue with onboarding the clients. Like We've got them signed up. They're giving us money, but man, just facilitating the service is, is a problem. We got we to improve that part of it, right? Which was part of what happened with the shoe store you're talking about it's like they had lots of customers but they just couldn't get their stuff for sale fast enough it's just optimization of the, of the business too so th but that's why you have to think onboarding you have to mm -hmm. think look at everything you do and everything you walk someone through as onboarding like it's a walkthrough and you know, that, we'll use Gigabook again. So we created an, uh, something there. So being super customizable, there's a zillion different things you might want to use your Gigabook widget for. And, and you know, you used to have to go into the, like widget builder and like do a bunch of different stuff. And then it wasn't inherently easy to do. So we created a whole environment just to share in a, like a sharing, a promote, a promo tool. And it does the same thing. It, it, a good onboarding system is intuitive. So Matt, when, it, when, it's, when technology is intuitive, what does that mean? It, it, it's just common sense, easy to use. Like you can just look at it and figure out what you need to do. You know, I, like I signed up for, or, or, a, it, or it, or it, or it inherently it, it, it's smart and it knows what you're likely to want to select. Right. And like, I just, like we, I used to use Slack at Stackify, but Netro uses this thing called Ring Central, which has a similar similar sort of stuff. And for example, I can see a list of teams, which are kind of like channels in Slack, and I can add a team. Literally no way to see which teams already exist. No button for that. Like, that's not intuitive at all. It's stupid. It's buried somewhere else in the user interface. You have to, like, randomly go find it. And, I mean, those are the kinds of things that, as a new user, you just scratch your head at, and you're like, What? I don't understand. And those but are the little, everywhere. that, that yeah. approach is still everywhere. Like it's the I mean, little bitty are, things. 
worse from from the software and technology world is still in the infancy of effective onboarding. And yeah. you know, that's one of the things and I you talk about problems worth solving. I am shocked that there isn't a major platform somewhere that is literally like for just for people to put it for onboarding people into software platforms. Like how has no one built that yet and connected it to something else? Like I'm sure that there are things similar to it. Now let, let's for a second, let's talk about that. I want to talk about like the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, an example of being intuitive. So I'm, I'm on the page in Gigabook that is built for the sharing tools. And it just literally is a white page on the left side. It says, what would you like to do? And then the uh, take appointments from my website, take bookings online. Uh, those are different by the way, collect payments for outstanding invoices, add a contact form to my site, link to a page that has my booking options, share my booking options through social media, add a quote, schedule appointment link to my emails or conduct surveys through my website. Now, if you click one of those, so we'll say take appointments from my website, it will now said, okay, what do you, what services do you want to display options for? Yeah. All calls, meetings, videos, partner calls, and then you pick one. And, and now I see my widget on the side. I see what it's going to look like. Yeah. A little wizard to get out, you right of the there. Different, of the different options. Now, look, I don't understand why this isn't in everything everywhere all the time, but it's a little harder than you would think it would be. But overall, this is going to walk me through it. So if I select all services, now it's going to say, okay, uh, now I just want to show them for me just for me. So now it's changed and I see a, a an embeddable widget. It's got yeah. me, all of my options down below. It. And then it said, do you want to create a link to this or do you want to embed it on your website? And if you click embed, it opens up and it's got the code there for you. You click a button and copy the code. And if you select the other, now all this lets you go forward and back. Now that's intuitive. Yep, that's intuitive because there are really only two things that you're going to want to do with this at the end. You're going to either want to link to it or embed it. There's right, no other yep. choices. So that and the, but, but the user but, also doesn't even know what that means, right? Like you got to focus on the, the what point. is the problem you you're trying them, to solve. Don't, don't assume that even your most sophisticated users really understand what you've built, what the benefit or use yeah. case is of that. So we're, we're democating, you know, I've invented that word that's demonstrating and educating at the same time. Democation is powerful because they're in the very first step of this, I'm fully democating all the things that you can use Gigabook for appointments, group bookings, payment collection, contact forms, <clears throat> people guaranteed look at this and they go, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. That's a great idea. Yep. And, and so you're, you're not only showing people what they can do, you're showing them examples of how Making it works it easy. and that leads to a, a healthier, better thing. All right. So Matt, what is any business worse off with effective onboarding? No, I mean, it's critical to your success and, and, and if you think about most businesses, you're like, okay, I sign up X number of leads. I need to convert a certain percentage of them, right? And most of the time, if you can increase that percentage by 1% or 2% or, or whatever, it's a big deal. And a lot of times, it all comes down to improving your onboarding, 
and also your follow-up process from your sales team, right? It's how you follow up and making the tool easy to use that can make the difference of that one or 2% or whatever that could be the difference between success and failure. You know, the thing that, uh, that I forgot to mention earlier that was, that was crucial is when we added, when we launched the first version of smart start on gigabook, the next day, starting the next day, our, uh, our, our support inquiries went down by 90%. Yep. There you go. Cause most of it was like, where, how do I change the setting? And, and by the way, we did another thing. So we did a second version of it that was improved the, the, comparing the same number of inquiries. They went down 96%. And uh, it, it, I mean, and overall it really made the platform. There's no one, to, there's no one that makes phone outs ever at Gigabook. We don't do it. Don't and, take phone calls anymore. You know, so, well, no, we don't make them. We don't call them out. We don't need to. Everything's all inclusive. You can walk through it. And and then on some levels, and this sounds terrible, but if you can't figure out how to set up Gigabook after Smart Start, I don't know if I want you as a user. Yeah, there you go. I'm being serious. Like yeah. I am being 100% fucking serious. If you don't know how to use the platform after the very well thought out onboarding, well, you're probably not going to be a user because you probably just don't get how computers work. It's that simple. (laughs) (laughs) And those people exist. They do, but they're not there, but they're not our, not your customer. They're not your customer. Is that person I just described at any point ever a, ever a client at Stackify? No, no. And at Venn Solutions, that might've been a little different. No, but they sold cars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they did sell cars. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but, but, so, well, it, let's kind of round this out. But so between Venn Solutions, which you guys were on the cusp of so many cl- like hub and spoke cloud integration yeah. things. And, you know, like, it, so how was your onboarding different then? And you, well, you guys started that in 2003, right? Yeah. Long time ago. Did, did yeah, you even so- have onboarding? Um, I think it was probably some of it. So for example, event solutions, one of the most important things is we'd have to get their inventory from their basically, we'll call it accounting system. So we had to have like a one-on-one conversation with them and figure out, okay, what system you use and help us get access to it. And it was all a bunch of manual crap. And then once we got their inventory, then we'd have to figure out where they want to send it. They're like, oh, we want to send it to autotrader or cars.com or my website or whatever. And those were all manual steps. You're like, okay, we have to contact your cars.com rep and tell them we want to set this up and we need this account number or whatever. It was a lot of manual bullshit. Um, but it was just kind of, it, it was kind of what it was. Like there wasn't necessarily a lot you could do about it. But the the thing that killed us at Venn Solutions was when we went to providing a CRM system and websites because when we did websites, you know what you got to do when you provide a website? You got to design them. <laughs> there, there is no like easy button for that, right? Like you got to get them to pick a style and a color and then go back and forth about all the stuff and whatever. And that was a <clears> nightmare. <throat> and the same thing with importing data from a CRM because now you got to import the data and you got to clean it and you got to have them look at it and make sure it looks like they have the right number of customers and how you dedupe the data and all this other bull crap that's complicated. That all, everything about all of that, that all sucked. It was terrible. And we were growing so fast that that was a huge bottleneck in the company. 
like the sales team could sell stuff way faster than we could even get it installed because you can only create custom website designs for so many things. You can only import CRM data for so many things at a time. There was a lot of manual labor there. It just wasn't super scalable. And you get to a point where your customers are all pissed off because they signed up like 90 days ago and they're still not installed. So now your sales team takes phone calls all day from angry customers that aren't installed yet. And it's just not a fun place to be. And how you onboard all these scenarios, what we're talking about, right, is you have to optimize all this. And sometimes it takes people. You got to scale up the team. But if you don't have, you don't have investment dollars, you're always behind. And that was the problem we had at Vin Solutions is we, you know, you hire somebody new to help, but they're not really useful for 90 days or six months till they get all trained. So <laughs> it's just you're always way behind and you just can't keep up. But you just keep if I had to it. start if I started a new any software business at all, it, like if I started anything from scratch at this point and for the rest of my life, I would begin designing the whole thing, starting with the onboarding. I mean, it Cause, makes because other, otherwise you have to go back and reattach it to everything else. Like it's actually the logical place to start if you're starting a tech company, especially if it's a it. low touch, especially if it's a low touch pro- product, right? Where you're going to everything's like, going to be low touch. Everything you, you want, there's, no, there's not going to be a no touch anything in 10 years. Or, well, am I wrong? I mean, I'm having my roof replaced and that's not low touch. True. True. But <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee you there are, I could probably without needing to know much about roofing design a pretty effective onboarding flow yeah. for a roofing company. Sure. I mean, for real. And, for and, quoting and everything probably else, all, yes. all of it, like yep. everything, name, address, phone number, when are you available? When can we come by? What kind of roof material is it made? When was the last time you had your roof replaced? Have you talked to anybody else about this? How soon do you want to get started? Do you have hail damage? Do you have tornado damage? Do you even have yeah. a roof? There you go. And I don't know shit about roofing. I really don't. So, all right. You know who does know something about something? Gusto. And once again, there's <laughs> today's episode a sponsor. And if you want to run a startup, you got to try Gusto Payroll. Deposit, pay, deposit paychecks and file payroll taxes automatically. Plus get employee health insurance, onboarding, expert HR, and more. Three free months, gusto.com forward slash startup hustle. You run your first payroll, they're going to give it to you for free for three months. Hey, if your business is going to scale, I think uh, we've talked so much in the past about companies like Gusto. Like, I want to get back to work building an amazing onboarding program, but it sounds like they've already got one for your new employees, which is just more things that take up time. We mentioned earlier, onboarding is everywhere and it matters. So, you know, Matt, we, we like to close with the Founders Freestyle and I usually say my episodes, but our episodes, we do that. And I say our episodes, Matt, we're not the only hosts of the show. No. We've got Andrew and Lauren, man. They're out doing work. Tuesdays, join Andrew Morgans, the CEO and founder of Marknology. Talk about e-commerce and Amazon. Lauren is the founder of Innovate Her and a really amazing person who most people don't know has a pet possum. Did you know that Lauren has a pet possum? No, named Quark. No she found a possum, a baby possum, and has raised it as wow. her own. Many people didn't know that. You know what? Some people that listen to the show still don't know about is Startup Hustle TV. Uh, let's, Matt, did you enjoy the episode we put together that covered six months worth of timeline updates for your acquisition? 
Yeah, the the acquisition uh, episode ten was great about acquisitions, and then ten point one, which was more about just my acquisition, were yeah. both awesome. They they were they were yeah. really worth watching. So, yeah, and you know, it's uh, uh, I saw someone made a comment this morning that said, "Man, he looks tired." Do you remember yeah. me telling you that recently? I was like, I was watching him. You can. Uh, you can uh, so we for startup hustle tv which you find it on youtube uh we have been answering regularly uh topical questions and then when and where we have uh timelines which by the way it takes a little while to put together we couldn't nine women couldn't have made that baby for you in one month no um so but yeah that was a really interesting process uh episode 10.0 is about what is a startup acquisition and then because we use software version numbers, 10.1 was an improvement and a, and a feature uh, about Matt's specific one, which is 98% you. I think I'm in there twice. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was cool. kind of interesting because we, we actually, that right after the intro, start with me months ago going, yeah, I'm getting ready to record a podcast and I'm going to go talk to Matt Watson. And he, he says he's got someone that might want to acquire Stackify. I'm going to go see what that's uh, about. That was in November. Yeah, that's that was, was when long, that was recorded. Yeah, it was journey, it was a ways way, ways ago. So yeah, that's fun, and I'm glad I'm glad that I nagged you to do that, Matt. Thank you. It was it was very awesome. I, I, I kept for those of you listening, I kept telling Matt, I'm like, dude, you're going to regret it if you don't do it. Just do your up, do an update, and and we'll look back at that, and it'll be funny. So back to today's episode and onboarding, Matt. I mean, what what's your best advice? What's your freestyle to end this one? Well, I think it, like I said earlier, it depends a lot on your type of business. And, you know, I can definitely tell you from like Stackify's experience, right? Only about a third of the people that signed up for a free trial would actually ever do anything. And so you got to be realistic. You're not going to get 50% or 100% of people that sign up for a trial to actually configure something or do something or input data or any of that stuff, right? But what you've got to do is figure out for your type of product, which things increase the likelihood that they will buy and so for example at stackify a big one was did they add more another user to the account right so they signed up did they invite somebody else and so you know what we did we changed our onboarding so the first step after you signed up was hey invite more users right you got to figure out the little details that make all the difference and slowly add those to the onboarding process because if you can increase your conversion rate by one percent two percent three percent makes all the difference. So, you know, one of the things you said during the show that really stuck out was the wanting to get 1% better. So that is a great daily goal, by the way, I actually wrote about that in in my book, balance me because 1% doesn't sound like a sexy improvement. But if 1% better than yesterday compounded on that day's 1% all the way up the line, uh, in just a, a year, you are exponentially. Oh, yeah, better. And more improved, and it's a very palatable and easy thing to wrap your arms well, around. It, it Overall, feels like you're not getting anything accomplished, but you are. You're, right. you're getting a, just right. a little bit. That, but it's you got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. you got to eat it one bite at a time. There's no what. There's no other way to do it. And you know, really in business. And so the thing is, is if you, you know, one of the things I talked about in Balance Me that I was really important of is is breaking the negative slide. Like if you're not improving, you're actually getting worse. So just try to make little incremental improvements every day. And it, it, 
it, it will cure that sharp drop that happens when things in, in around our lives and businesses trend downward. Now, in regards to onboarding, A, if you haven't started a tech platform yet, I really would start with the onboarding. Like just draw it up, make it simple. Because the thing is, is it's it, for a lot of people, they want to start building software in the tech right away. And then they worry about onboarding later. I'm just going to tell you from multiple times experience, it's harder to build the onboarding. Now, you don't have to be complex with it. You know, when you're building that like MVP onboarding, maybe it's just name, address, email, something like that. But provision for it and think about it and always be willing and wanting to build onto it and improve it. Um, the, the best software, the best everything, it onboards you quickly. It walks you through setting up and adding on and improving and all of it. It's all a walkthrough. And I think that you're best to treat it as if you're talking to a small child or like a Labrador retriever or, or something. And, you know, people will whiz through it. Now, on the flip side of that, Matt mentioned all the things that are important. Only ask the things that are really crucial, like that, that matter. And if it's a maybe, you can put that in at another time or make an assumption or do a lot of things. Don't over ask. So there's a, there's a real happy balance. But if you yeah. start really simple and then hear that echo, you look and see where people are at or what they're asking. Like in, in Gigabook, if they were getting in and they were all asking, well, how do I add my services? Okay, that's something we should be asking, you know, or whatever. But overall, if, if your onboarding sucks, I think that you have a 0% chance of being big. It just, I mean, I, when, I just you, don't see it when you very first start your business, you know, it, it's easier. Like, I'm like, Hey Matt, I made this new thing. Will you try it out? And you know, you're willing to put up with the bullshit, right? You know, it doesn't have to be a, a super streamlined onboarding, but once you get past that kind of basic MVP and you're ready to go scale, you've got to have it together. Yep. All right, Matt. I'm going right, to go to Gusto and sign up, run my payroll. I'm tired of I, running that myself. I got to go get 1% better at Netrio every day. We are growing like crazy. I like it. I'll see you next week. See you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.